Hello and welcome to the Agape Leaders Podcast. This week we have a chat with Dr. Greg Mays. Today I just have a few things that I want to talk to you about. One of them is very near and dear to my heart. It's something that I want to start and I need your help to do this. I have decided that I want to give two $5,000 scholarships. And the way that I'm going to raise that money is the sales from my book, Practical Leadership Lessons from an Average Leader. Now, many of you have already purchased the book and have been able to help me already give certain scholarships. But I'd like to give two $5,000 scholarships to very important to me anyway, organizations. And so I'm, I'm seeking to find people that would be willing to purchase the book. You can reach out to me and you or you can click on the link in the show notes. I've been putting that in the show notes and every dime that we make, in other words, everything that's a profit will go towards one of these two $5,000 scholarships. One of them will go to a student at George Jenkins High School, which is where I work. Uh, There's such a need. We all know how expensive college is. And so if I can help a student pay for their first two years of school, especially if they go to a state college here in Florida, if you go to a community college or a state college for the first two years to get your AA degree, a $5,000 scholarship would cover pretty much your tuition. And then you would only have to concern yourself with living. And if you live at home, that would be a free scholarship. So that's our goal is to have that scholarship there for that person. And then the other scholarship is for the Miss Florida's Outstanding Teen Program. These young ladies are amazing. And if you have been listening to the podcast, then you've heard some of them on here. I've interviewed several people who are a part of the Miss Florida organization. I've also interviewed people who have, who are rather a part of the Miss Alabama organization. And so I think that that is money well spent. And here's why I say that. In the Miss Florida organization, let me go macro. In the Miss America organization, when you support these young ladies, all of them must have a platform. They may not have a foundation or something of that nature, but they all have a platform, something that they are doing to help people in need. And so by providing scholarship money for them, it will magnify or it will compound, I guess is a better word to use, because they are also raising money. So if you look at my friends, Hannah and Haley Adams, and I highlight those two specifically, because they their foundations, their 501c3s are specifically geared towards finding a cure for pediatric cancer. Well, September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And so I highlight those two. 
but both of them have raised thousands of dollars helped raise thousands of dollars and i don't want to put a number on it but i i believe a couple years ago or a few years ago i believe i saw hannah present a thirty-five thousand dollar check but i don't want to i don't want to say speak out of turn but i know that it's money at that level and both hannah and haley at the miss america outstanding teen competition won the teens in action scholarship which is to say that they were given the honors that you know they were the top i guess worker trying to volunteer your foundation i don't want to put words in anybody's mouth and i don't want to speak wrong but long story short form your platform the work you do in your platform these two young ladies two different years won this scholarship at the miss america level why does that matter because the funds that you help me raise will go to a young lady who is also helping other people so it's almost like an investment to somebody doing something even more so you, i spur them on and then they go on to do better things so that's something that we are going to be doing here at agape leaders and we'll be doing that through the practical leadership book it won't be called a practical leadership scholarship but that is uh, what we're doing so please be prayerful uh, please uh, share that uh, encourage people to purchase the book i think the book is pretty good uh, i think the the feedback that i've gotten rather not i think i know the feedback that I've received has all been positive. Now, I'm, I'm actually hoping somebody would give me some negative feedback so that I could actually improve on the next either, you know, do, do another that same book, but just an update of the book or the next book that I want to write, which is probably going to be Practical Leadership Lessons from an Average Father a book that I have talked about writing alongside my daughter. And so I think that would be kind of neat if we did that. Uh, so please be in prayer to help out with that. That is the vision that I have and uh, we're moving forward with that. You may hear about it from, from time to time. And so thank you for even considering it. And you can always reach out if you have any more questions or input. Earlier today, I was sitting in church, or I think I was on my way to church, and I was thinking about the podcast tonight and what I was going to say. And I was reminded of a modern day take on the prodigal son, which is found in Luke chapter 15. And just by way of background, Luke chapter 15, there are three stories or parables that Jesus tells and they're all giving us an idea of the kingdom is heaven uh, the kingdom of heaven is like so he talks about the the person who lost a sheep leaves the 99 and goes and gets the one he talks about the woman who lost a coin she searches you know throughout her house until she finds that coin and then the third one he tells is about the young man who 
goes to his father and says, I want my inheritance now. And he leaves and he goes and he spends his money on wild living. And when he ran out of money, a famine hit that land and he found himself, this young man found himself feeding pigs and even longing for the pods of food that the pigs were eating because he himself was so hungry. And the Bible tells us that the young man came to his senses and he said, I will go back and work for my father. I will tell him that I have, you know, I have sinned, you know, what I did was wrong and please hire me so I can be one of your hired hands because he realized that even his father's hired hands were better off than he was feeding these pigs. And so the Bible tells us that while he was far off, his father came running to him and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And he said, uh, put it, he put the ring on his finger. He said, go get him a robe. He told the servants to kill the fatted calf that they were going to celebrate because my son who was lost now is found, right? And so that is the way that story goes. Well, years ago, while I was at church in South Korea, the chaplain gave a this pretty much this same story, but he put kind of a modern day twist on it. He was talking about himself. He had two sons. And so he, what he was saying was, you know, to help you really understand kind of what's going on in our society. Now, this is 2000, 2001 time frame. It's, it might even have been in the, in the, yeah, it was 2000, 2001 time frame. And it was pre 9-11. And so today I'm actually recording this on September 11th. So it was pre 9-11-2001. And so he's telling this story and he says that, you know, it would, the way that we mess up the message, the way that we mess up God's story, what God, God's love for us is like, he said, if my son had went away and now my son is gone, I miss my son. I love my son. He said, and one day, you, talking about a proverbial friend, sees my son and then comes to me, finds me and says, hey, I've seen your son. And, and you know, I say, what, you see, my, you, know, you seen my boy, you seen my son? You know, where is he, where is he? I wanna to go to him. And he said, well, he, 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 he doesn't wanna see you, but he said that, you know, he just wanted me to let you know that, you know, he, he's alive and he's well. And, he, and, and so Chaplain Nichols says, well, you know, I give you a message. Will you take a message to my son? Right? And he says, here's the message. Please come home. No matter what, just come on home and we'll figure it out. Just the most important thing is for you to be home. And so the person says, okay. And on his way to give that message, on his way to share the father's message. When he gets to the son, he tells the son, well, um, 
you can come back. And, and the son is, you know, tearing, what? I can come back? He says, yeah, you can come back. But then the person says, because in their mind, they don't think it's fair that the son did all this stuff and now they just get to come back. He just gets to come back to the father as is. So he tells the son, what your dad said, you know, you have to cut your hair. You have to agree to, you know, do this work or do this thing. And he just puts these stipulations on the young man. And so the young man says, well, just tell my father, you know, I love him and I won't be coming home. And so when the person goes back to the father, the father says, hey, you, you know, where's my son? Where's my son? Did you talk to my son? Did you see my son? And the, and the man says, yes, I saw your son, but he said he didn't want to come home, that he wasn't going to come back home. You know, and, and, and this father goes, what? What do you mean he didn't want to come home? What, what did you tell him? And so the man says, well, I told him that if he was going to come home, he needed to cut his hair. He needed to be willing to, you know, do these things that would make him a better person. And so he decided he wasn't going to come. Well, he said the father would be livid, you know, just think about it. He said, he said, he said, and this father would be so angry. You know, I'm never going to get to see my son again. I love my son and I'll never get to see him again because you messed up the message. You know, when the chaplain said that, there was this great pause. And that is critical for us. God is love. He sent his son to die for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. But before his son died, Jesus Christ showed us how to live for God. He showed us by going around doing good, healing those who were in need of healing. He uh, interacted with people who were the marginalized or the ones who people did not consider worthy of their presence. We see that when he talks to the Samaritan woman at the well. We see that the way that he chooses not to condemn the woman who was found in the adulterous relationship. We see that when he calls Levi slash Matthew to be one of his disciples. We see that when he's walking by and he sees Zacchaeus and he says, I need to come into your home. We see that when the woman who is at his feet is cleaning his feet with her tears and pouring perfume on his feet. And when the Pharisee there, Simon, says, thinks, the, the, the Pharisee only thought if, if Jesus knew what manner of woman this was, he would never allow her to touch him. And the Bible tells us Jesus, knowing his thought, says, Simon, you know, I came into your house and you didn't even have water for, my, for me to wash my feet. And here this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since I have come here. Her story will be told, you know, throughout time. And, and this is, the, uh, excuse me, this is the level of love 
that Jesus has called us to show, but more importantly, that he displayed. And so when he climbed on that cross or allowed himself to be placed on that cross, he did that for all of us, for anyone who would be willing to accept that sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. This is the message that if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in God, that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. If you accept what Jesus did on the cross, that's it. There's no requirement. There's no requirement for you to get your act together and then accept what Jesus did. Here's the thing. When you accept what Jesus did, when you truly accept what Jesus did, you will change. You'll want to change because realizing where you were and where Jesus places you, you will want to change. We see that we see that when Thomas was doubting and Thomas and Jesus comes to him and he says, put your hands in my hand. Look at my hands. He said, then put your hands in my side. That's what he told him. And then, then Thomas exclaims, you know, my Lord, because he had touched him. And Jesus says, you know, you believe because you touch me, but blessed are those who believe without having to touch me. And I'm paraphrasing there. That's the message. The message that I want you to get today in this podcast is come to Jesus. If you've fallen away, if you were a Christian or you are a Christian, but you've fallen away, come back as you are right now. Jesus will help you make the changes you need to make. But to my brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't need to be out there picking and choosing and deciding how a person needs to be before they fall at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I am yours. Change me into who you've called me to be. And so that's the message I believe Chaplain Nichols was trying to teach that day. And I pray that you receive that message even here today. Don't mess up the message. If you've walked away from Jesus Christ, come back. Just like that prodigal son, the father is waiting for you. Praise God. The last thing I want to do is I want to finish this podcast asking a couple of questions. The first question is, what is the most important thing to you? What is most important in your life? I want you to take a couple of seconds and think about that. What is the most important thing to you? Now, if you say God is the most important thing to me, my relationship with God is the most important thing to me. If you say that, then my follow-on question to you is, does your life show it? 
when you sit down on the edge of your bed at the end of the night, if you sit down at the edge of your bed, I do, and you ponder the day's events, did you pursue God or did you pursue gold? I have a card on my next to my bed and I look at it every night and I've had it for years and I've gone through ups and downs. There have been times where I remember to look at it and there's been times where I didn't remember to look at it. Now, if I'm traveling, I don't uh, always take the card with me. So when I say every night, I guess I should say when I'm home or when I'm here in our, our room. But that's important to me to look at myself and say, yes, I'm seeking God. Now, there's a difference between seeking God and being perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm seeking God. I would love to, to live a life that was perfect, but I, I don't. But I don't not live it on purpose. My goal is to live right for God. My goal is to live a day without sinning. That's my goal. And who knows, maybe there are some days where I go through the entire day and I don't disobey God at all. Those are great days. But then there may be days where I go through and I realize, oh, I came up short. I just don't hold that against myself. So my question, what is the most important thing to you? If your answer is my relationship with God, then my follow question is, does your life show it? But here's the other side of that. When I ask you, what is the most important thing to you? And your answer is not my relationship with God. The follow on question I have for you is why? Before we get out of here, I'm going to pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we ponder that question, what is the most important thing to us? If we say it's you, Lord God, then open our eyes that we can see if our lives are not showing that. But Lord, if our answer is not you, it's something else, but it isn't you're the most important thing to us, that our relationship, then help them answer the question, why? Open their heart, open their eyes, give them the wisdom so that they may understand and prayerfully turn and allow you to be number one in their life. The most important thing in their life is their relationship with you and walking right with you. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you. Uh, we're praying, Lord, for being able to give two $5,000 scholarships as you would have it, Lord. That is our prayer. We pray that it will go just that way. So we thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all we have for this week's Agape Leaders Podcast. Until next time, you have a blessed week.